Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostess, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Hey everyone, I'm so excited for today's guest because we've actually, when I first saw her across the room and started to hear her talk, first of all, I thought she was one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen, by the Aww. way. But then she kind of started talking about the age of her kids. And I was like, wait, I have that age of kids. I got really connected to that. And then I found out that she is also a woman of divorce and remarriage. So I got like instantly bonded. I started like taking in her content so, so fast. But I'm really, really excited to introduce you to her today. This is Huda Alvi. Thank you, Sarah. Did I say it right? <laughs> you did. did. I practiced. I practiced. You got it right. I'm Amazing. so happy to be here. First of all, I feel kind of like royalty right now. We're in, in the room. Fairmont. I know. Okay. So just backstory. I don't know when you're listening to this, but as it is in real time right now, I just hit a million on Instagram last night and people are being so nice. Like I just had champagne delivered and chocolate covered <laughs> strawberries. It's also in the Fairmont. So it always feels like extra fancy. And I'm like, and then here we are like, let's kick off our socks and like curl up on the couch <laughs> yeah, together. Real life, socks. eh? I like down to protein bar and threw it on the table. It's nice. I feel like I live in luxury, but yet I'm not there myself. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> As I sit in a sweatshirt and Well, first of spanked. all, I got to say congratulations though. I Thank am you. so, I'm one of your early followers. So yeah. to watch you go through the journey. I know you're the person of a million followers, but for someone else to say this to you, I don't know how it feels. Like it's incredible witnessing someone's growth. Mm. And for the last few months, the content that you've put out there, I've personally absorbed it from a day-to-day basis. So oh, you might not so know glad. the effect, but it's incredible to watch you. I am so proud of you as a woman. Thank you. I've so actually fun. watched you have a bit of shift in your content too. And I'm so excited. You've been just like showing up girl. I always love like people are like, oh, did you expect this to happen? And I'm like, no, but also like this is 12 years of work finally coming to this place. And it feels so amazing to actually get to tell people like no matter where you are in this journey, if you are a blogger or content creator, like you have no idea what might be ahead of you. And what the best course of action is, is stepping into who you are and you have no idea what might come about. Because for me, one of the big tipping points was like being on somebody else's podcast or being part of like, 
an interview somewhere or just like having people like use their platforms to elevate another. And so I'm honestly, I'm grateful because it's not about the numbers for me at the end of the day, but it is such an opportunity. And this is where I get so excited. This is what the podcast is all about. Cause it's now a platform in which it's not about me. It's about other people and it's about these stories. And you know, it's a little bit about me because I love connecting myself into everybody's stories. But this is why I'm so excited to have you on because I think that we have a lot of similarities in terms of our life and also a lot of differences. And I think that's what's going to be so cool about this conversation. So kind of take a moment, everybody, (laughs) if you've listened to the podcast, you know how this is, we begin. Tell us your origin story. I don't know how else to like ask that question, but kind of give us the goods of who you are and take your time with it. We're going to chill for like half an hour here (laughs) and have some in-depth conversation. And then I'm going to leave everybody else to like, this is going to be their bite of taste so that they can go and get the rest from you online on your own platform as well. Cause you do incredible stuff. So take it away. Thank you. I was thinking about our podcast session today Mm -hmm. and I took the entire long weekend to really think about what I wanted to say while I was here. I know Mm -hmm. we've got 45 minutes, but the platform that you've created transcends to so many thousands of people that we're Mm -hmm. both unaware of. So I really, really intentionally had to think about my message here because my story is my story. Your story is your story, but nothing will change unless people hear a story and they feel like not only can they relate, but how can they apply the lessons that you and I or another woman has shared here to their own life? So with that being said, you know, in terms of my story, it comes from a very different cultural perspective Mm -hmm. where I had to really open up to step into who I am, as Mm -hmm. you talk a lot about stepping into who you are. And I grew up as a Muslim Mm -hmm. um, female here living in Canada. My dad moved around quite a bit when we were younger. He was an entrepreneur and we moved over 18 different high schools. We lived in all different parts of the world. And finally, when I was like 14 years old, we settled here in Toronto. Grew up strict, I guess, whatever you, whatever that defines. Like we were in a Muslim household, Mm -hmm. which meant, you know, the dating was definitely out. Oh, no dating. Oh, no. There is no dating. You can't date. You can't, you know, you can't wear certain things. There's a certain level of, you know, your brother's a man, you're you're our daughter, so you're a girl. There's certain things he can do. And, you know, you can't do that kind of atmosphere. But my parents were one thing they had was they were very encouraging and they were always supportive no matter what I did Uh, which kind of fast forwards to them being the kind of like the people that saved me out of you know my divorce and were my support kind of system but going back I I grew up and I got married super early I actually got married when I was 18 Ooh, Um, you beat me holy crap 19 oh one year yeah still (laughs) yeah I was I was married when I was 18 and so if you you can't date can I ask how you got married yeah. So th- my parents found out I had a boyfriend and they said, you're going to marry him. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That's the story. <laughs> yeah. And wow. you know what? It's crazy because when you're 18, like you really, especially like, I wonder how it would be if I grew up, if I was 18 today, when I was 18, then with mm. no social media, with no knowledge, with hardly Google, watching the internet come out and all of those things, like there was kind of like, oh, okay, if you want me to get married, sure. Like, I mean, there wasn't much of a thought process there. I was yeah. like, sure, if you think that that's what's best, why and not? And that was culturally normal for them. So they were doing their best Very with what culture, they lived with yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even today, like my parents did the best that they knew how to be for their with age the from where they come from. And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I got married and very soon I realized that this person that I was going to marry was probably not the best fit or the right choice. But 
you know, we all end up doing things we know that feels wrong mm. or that feels like there's something telling your intuition, your gut staring you in a way, but we deny, 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 and yeah. we go with what we think would be best for us. So fast forward, I got married in the process. My parents actually found out that probably this marriage wasn't the best for me during that time and decided okay. to kind of, you know, help me navigate that. But I was kind of really stuck in my own ways. I was like, no, this is going to work out. This is what I want to do. And I'm not going to listen to you. And it was a lot more dramatic than this. What actually happened is they took me to Pakistan. And when they took me to Pakistan, they decided to keep me there for about six months because they didn't want me to marry this person I was going to marry. So it went from you have to marry this guy to no, this is a bad idea. Yeah. And they tried to save you from it. They did. Wow. They took me there. They kept me there for a while. In that moment, I grew more and more rebellious saying, no, this is what I'm going to do. When I came back, when I came back from Pakistan, my dad decided to give me away at a mosque and my mom wasn't there. My family wasn't there. A lot of people that loved me weren't there. It was just my dad. And it was a very, very difficult and hard moment for both of us. Mm. Um, now, when you say give you away at a mosque, what does that mean? That means that culturally, we, uh, as Muslims, the parents actually give away their daughter to okay. the man she's going to marry. So that and was your a, marriage. It's an honor. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely very onerous to be able to proceed the way that is taught okay. in our religion. And so he did that. But that moment for both of us was probably not the best mm. of moments that a father dreams of giving yeah. away his daughter. And that's, yeah. that's sort of what happened with the two of us. Have you ever felt that you are five years late to a party? Well, that's exactly how I feel right now being a new customer of HelloFresh. Now, if you've been living under a rock or also late to the party like me, HelloFresh is mouthwatering seasonal recipes, pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. HelloFresh is Canada's most recommended meal kit, makes cooking at home simple, planned, delicious, so you can enjoy cooking again. And the problem is this ongoing issue where we buy so many ingredients to make this one thing, and then we have so much excess and waste. So that's a huge reason why I love HelloFresh. But let's kind of go through a few of the other major benefits. First of all, their recipes are delicious. It gets you to try new cooking techniques as well and enjoy new tastes every week with HelloFresh's ever-changing menu. And there's something for everyone with world cuisines, vegetarian recipes, beyond meat options, seasonal favorites, and 20-minute meals and more. Your subscription is completely flexible. Schedule your delivery days or skip a week anytime. Order what you want, when you want, with no commitments. HelloFresh can actually help you eat more sustainably because like I mentioned earlier, these pre-portioned ingredients mean there's less prep for you and less food waste. The packaging HelloFresh uses to ship your food is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content. Now, I actually had my first shipment come this week and I was so impressed because first of all, it was completely sectioned by meal. All the ingredients were really easily labeled. I thought I was going to be really overwhelmed with fridge space and that wasn't even an issue. I'm really, really happy. The ingredients look amazing. I'm super happy with the recipes. Me and my husband were just like, oh my gosh, we're having this. But here's the fun part for you. For a total of $70 off your first three weeks of HelloFresh, you can go to hellofresh.ca slash papaya70 and enter code papaya70. Again, that's $70 off your first three weeks of HelloFresh. Go to hellofresh.ca 
slash papaya70 and enter code papaya70. That's P-A-P-A-Y-A-7-0. Even if we've been hiding under a rock or we're five years late to the HelloFresh party, we're here now, we're doing it. I'm excited. Let's get back to the show. Anyways, from there on, my life was very difficult. My father had decided to disown me in a way, my parents. It was very frowned upon culturally. They became kind of the center of attention within our community where it was frowned upon with the way that my marriage was preceded. Mm. And very soon after, they actually ended up moving from Canada to Pakistan, which is where I'm from. And I got pregnant with my daughter literally Mm. 10 months after. And during that time, we resolved a lot of our issues. My parents came back to support me and my daughter came into play and she was very young. I was still within, I I was married and I don't know when I look back and I think about all of those times, it was so long ago. It's been almost 13 years since Mm -hmm. I've been divorced and separated. And, you know, as a shield to protect myself, now when I look at it, I kind of just put a big wall to my past now that I look at it. I I just completely shut down that part of me. So even now when I try to go back and we're having this conversation, I feel like I have to pull it out because mm. I had to bury it in order to protect myself. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's what I did. So that's like it, it's such a common trait for a lot of people, especially like I don't know what potentially is those trauma triggers, but it's suppressing is a huge survival tactic. It's it, there's no shame around it. We're doing the best we can. And for a lot of people, that is that is a really you know, a survival tool. Yeah. I I feel like it was almost like a strategy. Like, you know, don't think about it. Don't, don't see it. You'll be completely safe. You'll be safe. Mm. And that's what I kept telling myself. So, you know, I had my daughter and soon after I had my son and I, my marriage lasted about three and a half years. Okay. And in those three and a half years, I was a completely different person. Like, like many of us that go through transformations, you're like, whoa, was that me? I mean, I want to say hi to myself even now. And I'm like, I don't know who that, who that person was. Like, yeah. And also just there were a lot of things around me that had changed I had lost all my friends Mm. I had you know my parents were far away I was a totally like I just didn't have any sort of happiness that portrayed that you know Mm. I was just dead inside kind of just floating away and I was okay with that feeling as funny as that sounds or as you know it was okay in my mind to be that way and I had accepted that perhaps this is the way it's going to be and you know life catches up to you start working you have kids and Mm -hmm. you know there wasn't really any anything happening that made me feel like I should change this around for myself and I just kept kind of floating away till one day I I don't know where but there was an opportunity that just presented itself and I just became very courageous in those five minutes I had that opportunity and decided that I was going to walk away and wow. my son was only six months old Wow, um, my daughter was two wow. and my parents came over to the house and I packed up my bags mm-hmm. and I was about to leave the door and I couldn't take my kids with me and they were so small Oh, so no. I actually had to leave without my kids yeah. but I knew that if I didn't do that at that time I probably would have never done it so yes. deep down inside as a mother I knew that I would get my kids back. My son was breastfeeding, but I think I had to put my foot down that day to make it a reality for me, Mm -hmm. you know, because for so long I kept ignoring these signs and kept ignoring all these feelings that were present within me. And that day when I became courageous for five minutes, yes, it changed my entire life. So So funny you say that because 
you know, that's like literally what mine was like in a, it, there was no deciding factor. It wasn't like all of a sudden I, it, for three years, I've been thinking about how to leave. And then all of a sudden there's like this split second. You're like, holy shit, I have this. I have this feeling of courageousness. I think I can do this and you just do it. And it's so bizarre because it's almost like an out of body experience. Yeah. But similar to what you said in that floating away, I think there's part of us that must know, you know, we talk about, we fall on the sword for our family and we want to like keep this family unit together. But when you're in that floating away, you realize that the family is dissolving one way or another. And somehow you as a human were starting to float away and the family wasn't going to be together. And it was now it's becoming a matter of your own survival. Now it's becoming you. And how are you going to be the best? So that five minutes of courageousness, when you talk about yeah. changing your life, like it, it was saving your life too, which in the end of the day, even in, I can't imagine that moment of like walking away from your children, but also like saving yourself to be a mother. And that is like what I think people need to hear and understand is that we are at our best when we take care of ourselves first. And that's, you know, right back to the oxygen mask theory of the airplane, right? There's a reason the mother has to put the oxygen mask on herself first because she can't help a child if she's already gone. So yeah. she, you have to put it on yourself and then help your child. I just really have to validate you for that decision because that is, I know it. It's so similar. You've been there, yeah. And too many people think that it's like, so many people are stuck in that decision process and you don't understand that for so many it's you know, it's been sitting there and it's been brewing, but it is actually can be quite peaceful and quite calm and just a split moment of courageousness. It's not a pre-planned, yeah. premeditated. Absolutely. And a lot of people ask me, like, how did you do it? Tell me yeah, the how. Like, yeah. there's so many hows around this conversation. And my answer is always the same. Like, you just have to do it. It's mm -hmm. like, you go to sleep in the morning, you have to wake up to brush your teeth, you have to do it. So yeah. you do it. And, you know, that's all it was. It was a moment of five minutes. If I thought about it for too long, which I did for three years as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. If I thought about all of those things, I would have completely like not even been able to make the move, probably instilled more fear for me to be like, this is never going to happen because there were so yeah. many things that came after, which now I think about like, how am I going to get separated? How what am I going to yeah. do with my kids? Where am yeah. I going to live? Where Who's going to support me? Where's but my car? All, Where's, yeah. yeah. Where's my all money? All of those feelings and all of those thoughts would have been such a detriment to me even making that decision. So I'm so happy that I made that decision. But I actually wanted to add on the flip side, I, I am with my husband, mm -hmm. the same guy that I actually fell in love with during that time as well. So I had met my husband. Wow. Yeah, I had met my now husband literally a week before I had decided to leave the mm -hmm. house. Not even a week before, actually a couple of days before. And I think in that moment when I met my husband, that guy, I kind of was like, oh my God, there's a life outside of my marriage. There's a mm. life outside for myself. Even though I was never going to marry this guy, if things were going to yeah. work out or not, I was kind of like, oh my God. God, maybe he came into my life just for that split second yeah. to help me understand that there's a life beyond, you yes. know? And for many, many years, I thought that my husband was my savior. Like mm. even on my wedding speech, when we go back and I look at those moments, I give a lot of credit to, oh, you walked into my life, you know, you saved me. And if it wasn't for you, I don't know if I would have been in that situation. And when I think about it, I've been thinking about this. I actually called a good friend of mine right before coming to your podcast and I said hey like you're my best friend I know you for so long can you just tell me about me like yeah. I know me but I want to know from someone that loves me and respects me what do you think of me like what do you think about all the trials and tribulations I've been through like help me define my message and mm. just a week before she said to me she goes you know Huda 
I know you give a lot of importance to your husband saving you and all the things that you've gone through and he's been there and I no doubt like he's been an amazing man throughout your journey but you know you saved yourself yeah and that just like hit me so hard that yes. even now turning 35 in a couple of months I actually owed a lot of my saving to someone else again yes yes you know yeah like again I put that power back in an external force other than me yes and I went back and I sat down at the dinner table with my husband. I'm like, guess what? By the way, <laughs> I'm like, track. by the way, I need to tell you something. And I told him the story and I go, you know, it wasn't you. Yeah. It was me. I saved myself and I just had to tell you this so you can understand that it was me that actually decided to make yes. this move. Because I didn't yes. know if you were going to last. I don't really know if this was going to end up. Tr- and still, like, we carry on life thinking that everything's going to be permanent and, you yeah. know, our, our everything that we think we plan for will last. I mean, I hope that my marriage continues to last. I put in the effort and all of those things, but we were uncertain. And that's the thing. And, and I can totally understand why someone would place that savior syndrome onto somebody else because I I don't know about you, but for me, when I left my marriage, so much good happened after it that was so unexplainable. And you couldn't, whether you put it in God or whether you put it in the universe or whatever it is that you believe in that might do it, there is, I called it like a clicking. It was like my life clicked into place. I met my husband two weeks after I left my first husband. We weren't in a relationship, but I had a lot of guilt around the fact that I did move on within the first year after my divorce. And it would be easy for me to look at him and be like, look what situation, like I would never have known a love like yours. Like I never would have. There's a lot of things that would be so easy to place on the people that happened to come into a time when we were saving ourselves that would allow us to think and believe that it was those external factors and not give ourselves that same recognition. It's just like when we say like a certain job saved us or a certain like circumstance saved us, like usually it's not that. It's just that that happened to come at a time that we were truly aligning with our truth and with our probably the right path, right? And and it's easy when you look back on it, you're like, oh wait, I was the one who made those decisions. I was the one who made those moves. I'm so grateful to have somebody that supported me in that. But it still was. And I, I gave a lot of credit, like even to my parents, like my parents, like really saved me, like out of something, like they brought me into their home, but like, I was the one who actually had to do that. They were my support. So it's like that savior versus support. And so I'm just saying like, I can totally, totally, totally get why it's so easy to place that on somebody external and why we do kind of give that like narrative to new relationships that like this relationship saved me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for so long, that narrative of my parents, my husband, my Mm -hmm, kids, mm -hmm. you know, played in my head for so long till very recently, you know, I give the credit to my friend, even just that thought when I thought about it for myself and I realized I'm like, yes, not only is it true that I saved myself, but I put the effort in my own happiness. I I decided that, okay, this wasn't right for me and I'm going to do it. And how much effort did that take? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how hard was it to be, you know, I moved in with my parents. I I was co-parenting with my parents. Like yeah. I just left, yeah. you know, I just left my my husband and now I'm parenting with other set of par- yeah. parents. And not only that, like just the struggle of being a single mom, being a woman of two children, going through a divorce. And especially in our culture, like it, it is so frowned upon. Like people don't even talk about it. They oh, forget wow. talking about it. They validate it from such a specific lens, which is, you know, you were married, you had two children. Now no one will marry you. Like that's the burden oh. we come 
through. That's like generations of uh, you are someone that's scarred. You are used and you will never be able to find that life for yourself. And they don't invest in it. They don't talk about it. And if they do, they'll just sort of talk behind your back. So Mm. I feel like from coming from a cultural perspective, going through what I was going through was already hard. And now going through the set of like preconceived notions of other people on top of that was just completely killing why I saved myself in the first place. So I automatically, I just decided to shut out all the noise. I didn't care who was around, who were the people that were around me. I decided to start talking about what they were talking about. Mm, good for so you. If you're going to talk about back it, the microphone, right? I did. I'm like, oh, you're talking about my divorce. Okay. Let me tell you about my divorce. Let me yeah. tell you how hard it is to be a woman of color, of a, a certain ethnicity, of a certain cultural yeah. background and tell you how hard it is to be in my shoes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when I took that power away from them, mm. it, it completely changed their perspective, wow. which I feel is the point of all of this. You yes. know, people say things not because they're coming from a bad place. Some are, but I choose to believe in the good in people. I think a lot of people just follow what's out there. Just follow. They just say things because, you know, that's what they're meant to say. They don't really think about what they're going to say. They just kind of follow along this path. And I found specifically in our culture, you know, people were just saying things because they're used to saying these things for hundreds of years about, you know, who women are. And Mm -hmm. when they get married, they're just, you know, a reflection of their husbands and they're just supposed to take care of their kids and cook and clean and all this kind of stuff. So when I started talking back, I felt like I felt like I was also changing the conversation in wow. somewhat way. Yes. And it really did because a lot of those people that were going through, you know, their children kind of went through similar experiences. And now I became that person that was kind of like, hey, what did you do in this situation? How do I do this? And so it was it was a conversation back and forth. It's taken a lot of time, but I don't think the work is done yet. And I yeah. think there's so much conversation we need to have around the fact that it's not just getting married. It's also if women are choosing not to get yes. married. It's also or not about have children or not go down any of those. Yeah. So as much as it's cultural, it's also just woman to woman sharing mm-hmm. these expectations of what we've had for so long yeah. and changing those narratives. And that's why I think it's so, so important to talk about your own story. It's so important to talk about your own truths. Yes. But you can only do that if you actually accept your story the way it is. Mm. You know, a lot of us kind of tell our story or share our story, but we don't take power in that story. We don't stand in our pain. We don't Mm. welcome our pain. We don't talk to our pain. We throw it under the rug. Yes. I was was hurt. Oh, but have you thought about like, yeah, I was hurt. It's okay to be hurt. Yes. When you start having, when you start accepting your pain and you start talking to your pain. Oh my gosh, yes. It's why I always talk about the movie Inside Out and how they like acknowledge sadness. Somebody said to me last week, they, I was at a question and answer thing. And they said, you know, what do you do when you have a really hard day or like you're really sad? And I'm like, I cry and I sit in that sadness and not in a bad way. It actually makes it into good. I deal with it now. And old me was like, suppress the heck out of that and move on. Like, I'm just going to ignore that this is if this happens. And, and I think that's what's so hard when we talk about like relationships or even like divorce is that we don't want to talk about that stuff. It's almost one extreme to the other. When you're married, you don't talk about anything hard. And then when you're divorced, all you hear is that it's hard. And then it can be really crippling for those who are in a bad marriage and looking to leave is all they hear is how hard divorce is. It it makes it really a difficult conversation to, to navigate because 
so many people are in relationships. And when I was married, I used to come to people and I used to ask questions about relationships and this repeated narrative of, well, marriage is really hard. And it was kind of like dismissive, like it's hard and that's what you're supposed to be. And instead of like, have you navigated what that pain looks like? And have you looked into like healing from that? Or have you looked into like talking through it? That, that wasn't, it was just, well, marriage is really hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. For and everyone. that's it. Period. You're just kind of dismissed. And when you're going through divorce, it's like, well, yeah, divorce is really hard, but also divorce can be really awesome. It can, it can suck, but it also like, we have to talk about the other side of it. It could be really good. Yeah. And I was just about to get to that. Like the divorce was so good for me that I actually now had to hide around my happiness because people didn't expect that. So when people met me after a really long time, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your divorce. Mm. How are you doing? I was like, I'm actually doing great. Doing fantastic. Yeah, I'm soaring high. I'm traveling. I'm living out my life. And all of a sudden, after a few moments of that, I felt like I had to hide my happiness. I felt Mm. like I had to act along with the way that it's supposed to be. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm so sad. No, I'm not sad, actually. I'm really great. I'm setting the right example for my kids. I'm encouraging, you know, the decision to act in your own kind of happiness before you think about anything else. You got to make yourself happy, you know? So you would have been, what, 23 when you were divorced? I was 22 when I was divorced. Wow. Yeah. So you met your husband right through that whole process. How was it dating as a single mom? And how did your family kind of come to accept him as well? Or did they? Yeah, I think my parents had their own realizations about their own growth and mm. what the decision to have me married and not married and all those decisions played in their life. So I think my parents were super chill after that. I think their mentality right. and their mindset yeah. really changed in terms of who I was now with mm. two younger children. I think they started thinking of me more like the man that you find or not find or whatever that happiness looks like for you, we're going to support it. And I think Amazing. that became one of my core pillars of me being able to move on the yeah. way that I did. All right, let's take a pause to talk about hydration. You know what, guys? We are so bad about hydration. And I'm saying that to me first and foremost. I hope you know that because I don't like water. And I know that sounds so funny, but I don't like water. This is why I love liquid IV because it actually enhances my water. It's giving me so much more hydration. In fact, it's going to hydrate you two to three times faster and more efficiently than water alone. And one stick of liquid IV into 16 ounces of water mixed drink. You're getting so many benefits with this stuff. The problem is we talk so much about food and we hear so much about water, but we're not overall talking about how important hydration is to our overall wellness. But here's some other added benefits. When you use that liquid IV in your water and you drink that, you're also getting the added bonus of vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. And if you are dehydrated, you can try liquid IV because it's the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. But here's where it's going to hit you in the heartstrings because Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. They've donated 2 million servings to date to places like Haiti, Uganda, Puerto Rico, and Nepal. With each purchase you make, Liquid IV donates a serving to someone in need around the world. Do good, feel good. This is exactly the kind of stuff I love. What makes Liquid IV so effective? Cellular transport technology. The optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium delivers water and nutrients into the bloodstream. It's the perfect balance to help you hydrate quickly and more effectively than water alone. 
So I'm a huge fan. I've talked about them for weeks. I think they're great. I think it's fantastic. It tastes delicious. It's making me drink my water. But let's get into the fun stuff for you because you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code papaya, P-A-P-A-Y-A at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order at Liquid IV's website. So just head on over to liquidiv.com, enter promo code papaya and get 25% off and get better hydration while you're at it. Don't wait, start properly hydrating today. Let's get back to the show. But dating was hard. I mean, me and my husband talk about this all the time. Like I dated him for five years before we got married. Oh, and wow. he was, we broke up a handful of times. Yeah. Um, we also went through a very, very hard period of our marriage. Right after we got married, I had my two children and he actually has a son too. So you're a blended and family. We are a blended family, yeah. And when we got married, his son still lives with his mom. He's actually moving in with us this year. So okay. we're really excited. But yeah, and he took on two kids that weren't his. I mean, yeah. this is a conversation you have to have. Yeah. It's it's reality. That's my reality. That's your reality. Yeah. How are we going to navigate through that? And we actually didn't navigate through it. We mm. fell apart a year and a half after our marriage. He decided to leave. And yeah. here I was once again in my little room thinking about, will this happen to me for the second time again? Oh my goodness. And I share about this openly and on social as well as just in my yeah. general life. We had to work through that because that's what relationships are. It's yeah. about growth. And as as a man, again, like we're having this woman to woman conversation. I think it's so important for men to men to have this conversation yes. about growth and communication because that was the only thing that lacked in our marriage. Like we just didn't know how to communicate with each other. And, and it's so hard when men have been taught in a society that like your feelings aren't valid and please don't share them. They're they're really taught to check them at the door and it makes it really hard for them. It, it's like women maybe don't like have it just as much or or equally, but in different ways. But at least we kind of like naturally learn how to do that. Like as women, we do share with each other, but guys like they shoot the shit, but they don't really like get into their feelings or like emotions. They don't really have anywhere to go with that. So I find for me, what I've even learned from my own husband now, like we can have a, like a conversation. And if it turns like, he's devastated because it's like, for him, it's like, this is really bad. And I'm like, no, this is good. Like, yeah. Let's get into it. I, yeah. I don't love a fight, but part of me is like, I love fighting for something. So how cool is it that we have this opportunity to sit, but it's such a disservice to men that they've been told to shut off their emotions in a lot of ways. Absolutely. So I think you're right. I think men need to be brought into these conversations more and really like encouraged and empowered in their feelings and in their communication. It can really, really change things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was his journey of going through change and growth yes. because I think his decision to leave had made him reflect upon things that are important, what he should be contributing, yeah. what growth looks like, what yes. all that needs. And, you know, that was the best thing that ever happened to our marriage. Oh, and even God. in life, I, I love think that you say that. it's the best thing that ever happened in our marriage. I think pain, struggle, failure are the pillars of what makes us whatever your definition of success yep. is. Oh, and success yeah. to me is just happiness, inner happiness. It's the day-to-day -day things you do yes. every single day for yourself and your family and the people that you love that define success. Well, it's so funny too. Sometimes I, I was just actually doing a talk last weekend and I talked a lot about failure because I was like, if we're going to acknowledge what success looks like, if you look at it historically and even scientifically, it looks like a lot of failure. 
It's a lot of failure that kind of adds up into something. It alchemizes really, really well into some bad goes into good and it builds new foundations. But when it comes down to the things you love, I always think like if the, like there's that song right now, so obviously the lyrics in my head, but like if the world were to end tomorrow, like what would you be doing right now? And so it's funny that it's the most simplest of things. I want to be home in my living room. I want my husband by my side. It's not exciting. We're just sitting there and we're family. And that is what's happiness to me. Like that is like my core joy. Everything else that I do is so cool and so awesome, but I do it to enjoy that life with them. It can be really hard when my husband's been divorced as well. And uh, it can be really hard when we look at things and there's a lot of shame for a lot of people put around the conversations of divorce or life change or job loss or financial failure. And yet it's actually such a, you're right. It's like pain and like failure. It's actually like kind of really great for us if we allow it to be. Absolutely. And I think if we start looking at it like it's the building block Mm -hmm. to whatever you got to get, it actually becomes welcoming. You start yes. accepting it and yeah. you start dealing with it yeah. in a very different light. And I think that's what happened with me when I started just owning my story of this whole process of divorce and yes. being a single mom and started sharing. Even now, I share a lot about my current relationship, my mm-hmm. marriage, the difficult times we've do. had, the good times that we've had, and how much work it takes to put in a relationship, not just marriage, the relationship you have with your kids, the relationship yes. you have with your parents. Yes. It's constant work. And that work, is growth. It's all about growth. So I think once you start accepting the fact that, okay, I'm doing all of this to get to a place where you and I both benefit off of this, Mm. you start looking at failure, pain, struggle as like, oh, I need more of this so I can become stronger. You know what I mean? And I think think a lot of us share our stories kind of skipping out the failure. We just want to share our stories. Oh, and this is what happened. And this is what happened. And this is how I grew. But you got to step into your own pain and acknowledge it so freely and will change it will change around so I love that you do that I love that kind of content because like I said it's really hard when you're going through life and you feel like your pain is so your own you don't recognize that people are going through it too and not only that but you can actually learn from them if they're just a step ahead of you or five steps ahead of you or potentially just be a support to them if they're going through something that you know you went through before and you now get to like speak into that But there's a lot more to you too. And there's other things that you were involved in as well. And I want you to talk about the girls trip. (laughs) Tell me about what it is. Tell us all about what it is. Because it's so cool to hear about. Yeah, it's been so cool. And first of all, I, you know, it's crazy because I think there's so many times where we plan for certain things and you think that's what you'll do. And it turns out the complete opposite. And I think with the girls trip, very similar. I actually ran an HR business for the longest time. Very boring stuff. Hated what I did for a really long time. (laughs) Finally decided to take the power back and said, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. It doesn't make me happy. And it took eight years for me to do that. Very long time. And when I finally did, I couldn't travel anymore. I'm a huge traveler. That was actually one of my coping mechanisms. I, when I went through anything that I did in my life, I found that just taking myself out of the environment that I was in and plugging myself in a world where I didn't recognize the culture, I didn't recognize the people, and I didn't recognize the surroundings around me allowed me to be so, so grateful for just staring at a mountain. And I was like, oh, this this world is so beautiful. Like it does something to you. When you see a sunset and the other side of the world, when you meet someone off the street and you just have a simple exchange of, you know, hello in a different language, all those little things that you experience 
being outside of the environment that you're in, just do something to your personality, your yeah. character, who you are. Yeah. And I kind of became addicted to that at a very young age. From the time I was like 20, all the way up until now, I immersed myself in travel. I would just yeah. get up and leave yeah. every opportunity that I had. You know, a lot of people invest in like bags and clothes and materialistic things. For me, travel was that materialistic yeah. thing yeah. that just made me grow. So I, I truly took time to do that. It was an investment in yourself. Absolutely. So when I shut down my business, I decided like, I was like, how am I going to travel? I was like completely broke. I didn't have any money to travel anymore right. the way that I did. We were living off of like one income family. My husband was the only breadwinner. And it really, really got to me. I kind of yeah. became very depressed. I didn't have a career anymore. I didn't know what I was doing in life. I had this vision of myself and my 30s kind of having everything so put this is together. only within the last four years? Last three years, I okay. would say. I okay. completely went off in this zone of not knowing my career, not knowing who I was. Mm. You know, even though I had gone through the really hard stuff, I still came back to this part of my life where yeah. everything seemed so unknown and kind of everyone around me just passing by me. And, you know, it kind of started getting to me and I was just like, this doesn't feel right. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. And one day I was actually at a bachelorette in Tulum, Mexico in the ocean. And I was just crying my heart out to my friend and we were just talking and I said, you know, I can't seem to find myself again. I seem to be very, very lost and I don't know what my path looks like. And she kind of just hugged me. We cried it out. I came back and I realized that when I did travel, it made me feel so, so great. So I me and my sister started bouncing around ideas. We mm -hmm. said, you know, how cool would it be if other women could travel to different places? How cool would it be if women could actually take that power back when they're in there just by themselves alone? Yes. How do they feel? What does that make? And it, it's so healing in so many different ways. It mm. makes you it makes you think about the world instead of yourself. Yes. All of a sudden you become philosophical, you become empathetic, you become grateful, yeah. these emotions. So when we started talking, we just decided that we were going to maybe create a trip to Mexico, take a bunch of women with us, keep it all fun yeah. and really cool. And when we started talking about that, we realized one of the issues is that, you know, it's very hard financially to travel. It's, it it's is. expensive when yeah. you think of, especially it's now. It's towards couples. So if a woman wants to travel independently, one, it's often deemed not safe. And two, it's financially almost inaccessible. Yeah, especially with the way travel is perceived now since mm -hmm. social media, it seems yeah. pretty extravagant. And you think like you got to do all of these yeah. things. I don't know why, but it just, you know, so when we started bouncing around, we said, how about if we made it financially accessible? So we decided that if we were going to do travel, we'd give women the opportunity to travel through a financial plan, a monthly payment plan. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So all of our trips are made so that you can make monthly payments on your trip, oh, just I like you that. do with a mortgage or a house, except for this payment actually makes you happy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this payment's like Ooh, a, a relief. Such a yeah. different one. So it's been great. The Girls Trip is a company that empowers women to take the power back and yeah. travel and see the world in bucket list destinations. And we- How many trips a year do you guys do? We're averaging about seven trips a year right now. Do you go on every one? I was up until last year, okay. but this year we have our staff that's been trained and equipped. Okay, so we're, I'm going to be staying back a little bit more, but last year was quite a bit. I, we did Peru, we did yeah. Morocco, we did- Bali. Oh, um, we're gosh. adding like Europe and Africa. So it's been yeah. so exciting. But yeah. at the same time, you know, 
I've seen so many women's lives change literally in front of me. Like mm-hmm. that one trip they took. Like I've seen women that have just gone out of bad relationships deciding to take this trip for their 40th birthday. Oh I've gosh. seen women that were, you know, just left their marriage and are kind of lost and trying to figure out who they are. Yeah. I've seen women that are just finishing off school and have this huge, you know, kind of like burden to do what they thought they were yes. going to do, but are yes. feeling what in some sort of ways. So like all walks of life. And we've seen seen their lives change. And I think for me, I can't believe that this is happening. Like I have to stop myself and be like, wow, you know, there is change to be made and we need to encourage that to happen. So our company encourages and empowers women to be like, take that step. And all of them ask us the same question. They email us like, am I the only one coming solo? I've never (laughs) done this before. I'm really scared. I'm like, like, trust me. You're all doing it. You're good. And then, and so it goes. So. And I bet you they make like lifelong friends out of it too. Yeah. There's been so many communities that they just started chatting and it's been an amazing experience. It really has. I do want to point out though it's still our part-time business you yeah. know sometimes I think a lot of people just think that these things come and all of a sudden everything's great and yeah, you know yeah, yeah. a lot of people will ask me like what do you mean like you're still trying to find yourself and you know why are you going through all the things that you're going through I've yeah. been on a recent self-love not just self-love self-growth journey yes. I would say for yes. the last like few months and a lot of people kind of said well you have the girls trip and you have your business and you have this and you know we don't realize that these things such as our careers and our, you know, our goals that we set for ourselves that are external are not really the things that truly give us the happiness that we're Mm, seeking for inside. Yes. Oh my gosh. And we should always be seeking growth because you just never know. I always find that like, anytime you're feeling comfortable, that's usually a time that you're supposed to be reaching into more. I like the feeling of being a little uncomfortable, not bored. Bored's not the right word, but like, I don't know that I'll ever feel contentment. And I don't know that I want to. I feel content in life in a a big way, but I like being able to feel challenged and grow as a human. I think that's kind of my favorite thing about the human experience is like knowing that I don't have it all right. And how many, what a cool opportunity it is to like learn more, learn from each other, learn from experience, go through these discoveries, go through these like self-growth journeys. I love that you call it that, but (laughs) it's really cool to watch. I've loved watching you since we met truly. And you were so much more than just another mom with a blended family and older kids. So we were just joking (laughs) because like everybody has like toddlers online and you're like, where's the teenagers? We need to talk about PMS and preteen life. It's so, it's really nice to see another family that's kind of like built differently and yet stands and and stands strong, right? So thank you so much for sharing your story. Take a second, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm on Instagram, just my name. It's at Huda Alvi. So H-U-D-A-A-L-V-I. Yeah. Okay. And on Instagram, you can find the girls trip, which is the dot girls dot trip. Because we couldn't find the girls trip. Yeah, I know. (laughs) We had to add the period We had to add, at least it's not like underscore, underscore. I know the underscores. (laughs) And then three zeros at the end. No, goodness. (laughs) The girl's trip. Okay, I'm going to add that into the show notes as well. Huda, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really, really appreciate you. So glad we got a chance to connect. I'm so glad that you're sitting here with a champagne bottle in front of us. What a day. Really <laughs> Thank you exciting. for having me. I'm a, I, Again, I just want to say that this platform that you've built is amazing. Thanks. I've got, I, look, the listeners are seriously the most supportive people ever. <laughs> like we call them the papayas, but they're literally like salty I like that, humans. the papayas. Yeah, the That's papayas. Amazing. They call themselves I'm a papaya. That. I'm sitting here right you now. You are, so. you're a papaya. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so excited for everyone to get to know you. So guys, go check her out. That's H-U-D-A-A-L-V-I, Huda Alvi on Instagram. 
you're really going to dig her content and, and a lot of like perspective that she brings, you know, her own story. And it really helps a lot of us kind of open our eyes to, you know, cultural differences, family differences, life change, growth, all of it. So go check her out and we'll see you next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at The Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.